All right, welcome back, FF Dynasty 260. Proudly presents episode 18 of the Redraft Podcast. This week, uh, Mike, Seth, John, and myself are recapping week 15, and we're talking all things championship week. So buckle up, everybody. We got a big show ahead of us. My name's Pat Loftus. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Pat. Seth, say hello. Tell the people where they can find you on Twitter. Absolutely. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you had a better playoff uh, run in week 15 uh, than I did, um, but you can always find me on the Twitter. Tell me how it went for you. You can find me at the uh, at FF, the at home dad. Uh, look forward to hearing everybody's stories. Yeah, it was uh, notice I didn't talk about my week. It, <laughs> they did not go well. But I guess we can we can dig into that a little bit later. Um, Mike, say say hello. Tell the people where they can find you. Thanks for joining us again, guys. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Sports Twenty Two. Uh, like Seth and more so Pat, I didn't have a great week. Had a lot of disappointment because of injury and Andrew Luck putting up a stinker. Hopefully, you guys had better success than I did. I had some success. This is John. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Meathead underscore seventy five. John McLenn. Uh, I had I made it I made it to the championship in one league and I'm in the toilet bowl championship, which pays out the first round draft pick, but of course I traded it away before the preseason, so it really means nothing to me. But you know, that's at least I'm winning. I'm I'm going I'm going for the first round for for the guy I traded it to. You should have pulled all your players and tanked, man. Just batch yeah. Yeah. everybody. Exactly. I should yeah, my brothers and all my buddies are in this league, so I I just wanna you know, I'm doing the best all, I can all the to more reason, anyway. All the more reason to tank. Exactly. Yeah. Just bench everybody's fired. You just bench everybody till next year. <laughs> you an open lineup. You're disappointed in their in their performance, so yeah, benched. You're all fired. Yeah, I should have. <laughs> oh well, it is what it is. Yeah. No, this oh. week fifteen was incredibly frustrating though. Like there was a tweet put out, I think it was by Scott Barrett, who puts out some pretty decent stuff. Good follow. He literally said, uh it was going back to like check out this lineup, and it was like Saquon oh, Barkley, Keenan Allen, and it was uh, like these huge name guys. And they combined for less than thirty points. Yeah, it was um, like Luck, Saquon, Lindsey, Keenan Allen, Thielen, or whatever, and they combined for less points than DeAndre Hopkins by himself. Yeah, no, it was it was embarrassing, and the sad part is, it's like literally like uh, we were just talking about this before coming on the air. I had Michael Thomas that. Literally, I in three of five leagues. I had five leagues in the semis, playing playing to get into that championship week, and I lost literally every single one of them. Three of them solely because of Michael Thomas, because he hit the exact number in between what I needed. If he scored too low, I would I would have won one of those leagues. If he scored a little bit higher, I would have won one of those leagues. He literally hit in that little narrow gap. At about it was between fifteen and twenty points, and I ended up losing literally every single one of my money leagues. Um, yeah, that was just frustrating. But I'll get I'll get third place in probably all of them because my teams are pretty pretty stacked to the point where I really shouldn't have lost this past week. But that's what fantasy football is. Just a brutal, brutally. It was a weird week. Mike and I were talking about it pre-show. It was just a weird, weird week. The whole playoffs have been weird the last couple of weeks. Just everything out of whack. Josh Allen's running. Aaron Rodgers falling apart. 
Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry coming out of nowhere. <laughs> it's like he only shows up in December. Okay, it's cold. My time. T- time. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. All right. Let's run through some some of the big injuries real quick, um, and we'll get into uh, a little bit of news. I know Seth ex- Seth is excited about, and uh, we put a, some questions, or we asked for your questions on start sits out on Twitter. So we'll run through those as well. So uh, a lot of big names uh, this week. We'll start Keenan Allen. Was like a weird hip pointer. I, I tweaked his hip, hurt his hip. Um, I think he's expected to play. So if you made it through and you made it into the championship round with Keenan Allen, he should be good to go uh, this Sunday. Uh, Real real quick about Keenan Allen, though, because he was one that I was really interested in because he has a hip pointer. So I did a little bit of research, reached out to a lot of the PT people that I know, physical therapists that I know. Oh, I wish I had a siren. I would play that siren. Like (laughs) It's it's one of these things where I think Keenan Allen – I don't think he's going to play this week. A hip pointer is literally uh, its a bruise to the actual bone of the hip, which leads to blood leaking into the abdominal muscles. And like literally everything that I found and all the people, all the PT people that I'm talking to, uh, they're saying like even like he would have to be juiced up one in order to just play. And then what usually happens because it's the hip, it ends up throwing off the gate. So his running is going to be off. Things like that are going to be off. And what that leads to is him injuring something else. And Keenan Allen, I know he's had some freak injuries. Like, what, what did he, like, pop a Lacerated liver. Clean or something. It was his liver. Yeah. That's what it was. Like, yeah, there was a couple of freak ones in there. But he's not necessarily known for the most durable person. So, I mean, if I'm the Chargers, I'm, like, they're – they're in a spot where they're it's real that they've locked up a playoff position. I think they can I think they can do all right this week. I think they can definitely stay solid. Um, I just don't I don't see them rushing him back. I mean it's against the Ravens, which is gonna be kind of a big game, but the the re-injury and further injury for something like a hit pointer just it, it makes me nervous. Yeah, and Mike Williams is stepping up in that position. He did great the other night, and they got Tyrell Williams. And don't forget, they also have Travis Benjamin. So, yeah. you know, that's a big don't, help. To the team. Don't forget and, Hunter Henry too, guys. Was, you know, I'm looking forward to what Hunter Henry, Henry can and do. Maybe Hunter Henry. <laughs> you guys talk all over each other there. Okay, you guys missed it. We're all excited like Stephen A. that Hunter Henry's played well all year long. He's going to keep going. And going. It's, a, it's depressing they didn't make the Pro Bowl, guys. I mean, you know. It's shocking. Yeah. Too, too, so. bad, too bad we haven't figured out the – not figured out, but we haven't dedicated enough time to do video yet because I tried as best as I could to do the Teddy Bruski face. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> no, no Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry. All right, uh, Tyler Boyd, MCL sprain. He plays for the Bengals. They're out of it, so expect for him to be shut down for the rest of the year. Yeah, um, business decision. Exactly. Uh, Frank Gore, foot sprain, done for the year. Miami's done for the year as well. Sorry, John. Mm. <laughs> I, I would, I would hate for this for, I would hate for this to be the way that Frank Gore goes, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like Agreed. a guy like that, I would much rather have just finished out a year being like, damn, he was he was still a a, a good running back for like this oh, year. He was just shy of a thousand yards this year, correct? 
And this was his dream to play in Miami because he's from Miami. He played in Miami. He's he wanted to just play one year with the Dolphins. Just to, you know, I think he was going to ride off in the sunset after playing one year in Miami. And now he got kind of forced out of the game, and it, it does kind of suck that he's going to that this is the way it's going to end. I think. Yeah. Well, he could always pull the Darren Sproles to Steve Smith move and say, you know, I said it was the last year. Let's give it one more go. Uh, he he was a little shy of. Yeah, uh, I thought I saw somewhere that it was like nine hundred something yards. I'm looking now; it's, he's at seven hundred and twenty yeah, yards, which is not bad considering you know he's the crypt keeper. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's what like forty six at least. Yeah. He looks good for forty six. <laughs> Four point six is his yards per carry, though. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, what an absolute monster! Is yeah, hate happen? to see hate to see that. Um. All right, let's see. I miss Lamar Miller. Surprise, surprise. Injured again. This time it was an ankle injury. He is expected to play how much or how well. It's Lamar Miller. So, yeah. God, this guy burned me so many times doing that. I don't have him anymore, but this is the kind of shit that, I, that I, like, I'd be playing these games and he'd have one run for 49 yards, get tackled on a one yard line, and then he wouldn't come back in the game, like, the whole game. This is just, I hate that out of him. And more bad news, Deontay Foreman's probably going to be active this week. So just one more mouth in that backfield. And that really, really bad backfield. Yeah. Um, all right, what's next? Uh, Aaron Jones, MCL sprain. Uh, Packers put him on the IR, so go ahead and fire up all the Jamal Williams. Uh, Matt Brieda with another – so many ankle and knee injuries this week. Matt Brieda with an ankle injury. He's questionable. San Francisco has just been brutalized by injuries this year. Yeah, and, and Brady's had it the entire year, though. Like, he literally plays a game, and it's like, eh, I don't have an ankle left. <laughs> LaShawn McCoy 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, uh, in, but he's in every one, though. Like, he, he literally, he's missed, uh, what was it, two weeks the entire season, and has literally been on the, the IR. I was saying, we talked about before, him every week. Every single week. <laughs> Like every single week, he he, he is kind of like LeSean McCoy, where it's like, oh, did he just break his back? Uh, I think Bane just gave him a backbreaker. Oh no, he's fine. He's back in the game already. Oh, okay, no, never mind. Oh man, yeah, I would tread lightly with Breda if you have other options. Probably roll with them because uh, San Francisco really ha- again has nothing to play for. Um, and I got the Bears this week, so yeah. Oh boy, yeah. yeah. Bad, yeah, real bad matchup. Uh, all right, now we come down to uh, some some better news um, for guys that probably got you to the championship game. Uh, James Conner and Melvin Gordon both had ankle and knee injuries. Both are expected to return this week. Um, I'd probably, if I'm picking between the two, I have that luxury. I'm probably taking Melvin Gordon over James Conner, oh, yeah. um, but that's just me. What do you guys think? If they're both James- playing, of course. James Conner's on my move down list, so that's uh, I, I guess we'll talk about him later. But that's they're feeding both. They're gonna they're not gonna stake with the one running back situation, even though it is Pittsburgh and they like to. I think they got too much in both the running backs. They're gonna share loads and may, maybe try not to get uh, Conner hurt. Yeah, I can see that. I'm still playing both guys though. If you uh, I, yeah, I, I think they're going to play both guys, even though they're more of a traditional one, just stick with run running back team. I think uh, they're going to be playing both players. Yeah, but if Connor plays, I'm not playing the same. I'm not trying to win my championship on. We'll see how many touches he actually gets. No, and New Orleans is number four oh, rushing defense, so it's it's a tough game anyway. 
and and Pittsburgh is one of the few teams left that they like their their coaching is their scheme is literally we have a workhorse back that we run and we run and we run and we run. So I would be real surprised to see Samuels do too much. Um, if James if James Conner is legitimately healthy, I think James Conner it's his backfield um, pretty much the entire time. I agree. And real quick, because you, you mentioned Melvin Gordon coming back this week also. Just a real quick shout out to Melvin Gordon and him going on Twitter uh, and making light of the situation that he couldn't play this week, uh, which I absolutely love. It does not help me at all whatsoever because I had him in, was it two of the th- – Two, two or three of the five leagues that I lost this week. Uh, so did, did it make me feel any better, Melvin? Because I know you listen. But, uh, you know, I, I appreciate uh, the tweets. Uh, it, it was definitely a funny tweet. So shout out to Melvin Gordon for, for, for doing that, for, for realizing that fantasy football is a part of the NFL now. Like, it's literally a part of it. So – uh, I, I so much more enjoy enjoy Melvin Gordon making light of the situation versus the other guys that are like, I don't give a damn about your fantasy team, man. Too, too bad for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, moving on. So a little disclaimer here. These guys are injured, but this is nothing serious. But these are guys that, that we think that could potentially sit in week, week 16 just because they've already clinched a division or the, the team has nothing to play for. Um, you're, you're probably not going to bench these guys, but it's definitely something to monitor because Todd Gurley did go out with a knee injury. Um, you know, he's listed his, his day-to-day, but he did he did return to the game, so I wouldn't be too concerned. But again, uh, the Rams have already locked up a division. Um, they're already a, a one or a two seed, so they're looking at potential home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Um, you know, if you're the Rams, if you're, if you're the Rams, should Gurley sit, Week sixteen. Well, I go ahead. I I think he I think he should sit, but it's it's a close match. But either way, I'm picking up John Kelly no matter what for my fantasy team, just in case, as soon as possible. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, they don't have the first round buy locked up because of the loss to Chicago. They're only a game up on them. Mm-hmm. Um, if they win this week and then New Orleans wins as well, they're pretty much locked in the number two seed. I could see him sitting week 17 just to give it a week to really get right, mm-hmm. but not this week. They still got stuff to play for. Uh, did you guys see the report that the Rams either worked out or at least having conversations with CJ Anderson about bringing him in with Malcolm Brown going on IR? I heard they signed CJ Anderson. I don't know if they signed him or if they worked him out. But... Yeah, the the newest report is that he was signed. I saw that. So. Either. Yep. I just found it. Yep. Well. Yep. That puts so, a little. Water on the John Kelly take. I, I don't think he can walk in and start ru- running week one. You know, who knows if he's in shape or he, I mean, they're only they're only going to be able to say, "Hey, run through a two hole, run through a four hole, do whatever." He doesn't know any of the. So it's got to be John Kelly at least getting all the touches, and then maybe if it's in clock management time and they need to burn, you know, just run up the middle. Here's the ball, CJ. Run up the middle for three plays in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going back through. Um, a specific app that gives feedback about uh, injuries and news and whatnot. 
um, looking for Todd Gurley because I'm really concerned. I'm concerned for Gurley with the knee inflammation, depending on what that – and it's going to be tough to get an actual report, but how inflamed is his knee? Because, again, that's something that – that could be indicative of so many different things. And yes, once you get to the pro level, those athletic trainers, they can do a whole lot to make somebody ready to play. Uh, the question is whether or not it's worth it in the long run for the Rams. So yeah. if, if he is having this knee inflammation and it's something where it's like, hey, we can get him to play, but there's all these other kind of like, downfalls to it I, I think it's in the best interest of the rams to sit girly um which is going to be real real tough for anybody still riding girly into the the championship week well yeah that's a, a business decision that the rams are making um it, it's it's possible i you know did you see that play where he was supposed to go out of bounds and then he didn't want to cut off his 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 leg? He didn't want to push off his knee to get out of bounds, so that he got tackled inbounds and pretty much lost the game. <sighs> yeah, yeah. So, who knows how bad it is? And and that's that goes back to like the point I was making about Keenan Allen too. If you have something going on like that, that's causing like it's literally just extreme pain, is what it is. If you have something like that, it affects your decision-making on the field, which is then going to lead to usually more injury because you try and, you know, you try and you know, baby it a little bit. You try and compensate for what, what, what it is. And, you know, that if, if Gurley is doing that, it makes me, it makes me nervous. Um, and it could, it could be in the Rams best interest, or it could be something where literally they, you know, they they get it with anti-inflammatories and ice and you know all the PT that these guys get. They they might be able to just get rid of the inflammation and he's a hundred percent and he's good to go and fire him up and you know Gurley does his usually thirty point game. Uh, it's just it's it's so tough because you're not gonna know until it's probably too late. It's all. It's an awfully tough gamble this late in the season too, because if something really does happen because he wasn't ready, he's he's jeopardizing the maybe the beginning or at least half of next season too on recovery. You know, yeah. if something does go wrong, so it's. I mean, you almost have to shut him down if he has any situation with his knee. Yeah, yeah, definitely watch that one closely because that one will impact a lot of championship matchups this weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, two quarterbacks here, real quick. We've got Aaron Rodgers and Cam Newton. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, a little uh, a minor groin injury. Cam Newton nursing a shoulder injury. Uh, neither of these teams really have anything to play for, so it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if Rodgers and Newton both get shut down for the rest of the year. And quite frankly, the way they're playing, you might be able to find better options out there on the waiver wire. And can I just ask one quick question? How is Aaron Rodgers in the Pro Bowl? Name recognition. Like like this like this. This year, how is he in the Pro Bowl? I this is the worst. This is probably his worst year. I remember watching him, and you know, uh, I I don't I don't know. That's this is crazy. He couldn't walk half the season. He's not making any throws. Maybe because he has an inter no, so many throws without inter without an interception uh, streak this year. That's okay. the only thing I could think of. It his team is terrible. Garbage. Garbage. And 
and and and he's been like like okay. I mean, I mean, you can't say the team is they've they've used Aaron Jones or they did use Aaron Jones the wrong way. Devontae Adams is the wide receiver one. I I mean, it seems not terrible. But it's also he has he has as many touchdown passes as Mitch Trubisky. Like, I mean, like yeah, he has a decent amount of yardage. But if you look at like his you know his yards per attempt, he has the same as Mitch Trubisky. He has one tenth of a yard better than Dak Prescott. He's one tenth of a yard less than Derek Carr. Really? Like they probably put him in knowing he'll bug out with an injury or whatever, and he'll get somebody else in just to share the wealth and keep streaks going, or whatever nonsense. You're mad about that. I'm pissed. How the hell did Andrew Luck not get in over Tom Brady? Yeah. Name recognition. And yeah. again, they probably figure either Brady or Mahomes will be in the Super Bowl, and that's how they'll sneak Luck in or whatever else. It's just Luck has the second most touchdowns in the league. With T.Y. Hilton, Eric Ebron, and a bunch of you know Joe slapped together. Yeah, it's wow. Second most touchdowns, and he has twenty three less passing yards than Aaron Rodgers. How? How? It's all about the name on the back of the jersey. So 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 dumb. All right, sorry. I apologize. That now, let's get into yeah. Uh, <laughs> The breaking news or the news that, Seth, you've been dying to talk about. All right. So this one's all you. Okay. We have to take a moment and talk about the best thing that happened in week 15. And that was the Monday night football team finally was entertaining once for about five seconds. And that was Booger's greatest line so far on Monday night football where he said – uh, I, I, you know, what? I don't even remember what it was in reference to, but something that is, is like bikinis. They show a little bit, but they don't show everything. And I was like, you know what, Booger? That's your best line. That was so pinpoint accurate. I'm going to use that, that metaphor all the time now. Now you showed, you showed a little bit, but not everything. You're a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! It took took 15 weeks for Monday Night Football to be entertaining. Yeah, and that that was probably the best part of that Monday Night game too, between between the Panthers and the Saints. You mean the fact that I woke up my wife at least 20 times, going, "Give Ingram the ball." You're you're in the you're at the 10 yard line. Give Ingram the ball. No, let's run a fake. Let's run a fake into a jet sweep. And then let our wide receiver dive at the pylon, clearly fumble at a yard before, and basically throw the ball through the end zone for a touchback. No, no, that's a much better better play. Oops. <laughs> wow, Seth has also joined the the, the bitter bus tonight, man. A, a Mark Ingram touchdown, I would have a Mark Ingram touchdown, and I would have won a league. So literally every time they were in the red zone, it's like give it to Ingram. Give it, get, he's, he's your best running back, like going, <laughs> like going straight forward like that. Like I get you want to be all creative and everything, and and Kamara gives you so many options and it's great and everything, but you're in the red zone. 
spread them out, give it to Ingram with a full head of steam, and score a touchdown. (laughs) It's it's moments like this where it's like coaches outsmart themselves, and it's like, uh, but you know what? It's better than the Cowboys. Yeah, well, you're gonna. I have a feeling there's gonna be a long rant coming later on in the show. They just, <laughs> they, they didn't. They they were not smart at all ever the entire game. But let's anyway, save, we'll, we'll let let's, let's let's save that one for later. So earlier today we put out uh, in the Twitterverse. You know, it's Championship Week. What start sit decisions are you facing? What questions, comments, concerns do you have leading into Championship Week? Got a lot of good feedback here. So let's run through. Uh, some of the start sit questions, or some of the uh, some of the options that some of our followers have, and we'll start with uh, a PPR league. We've got Landry, Pettis, Robbie Anderson, D.D. Westbrook, Kenny Galladay. Pick three. Um, I think the general consensus for all of us, Jarvis Landry, um, is on every one of these, followed by Dante Pettis, um, and then we have a good mix, actually. Uh, Kenny Galladay makes an appearance, and Robbie Anderson, it was the fourth one. Um, so I guess, guys, what are we thinking about uh, the uh, two, four, five guys? I mean, I'm going to single out Seth, you and John. Both of you picked Robbie Anderson. Uh, why why Robbie Anderson over somebody like, uh, like a Kenny Galladay or a Dante Pettis? Uh, the line of a touch. Tough matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the Jets are not very good, but they're going to, going up against the Packers. Um, and Robbie Anderson was a number one type receiver last year. He started to show flashes of it last week. Um, and I feel like the Jets are not smart enough to just say, you know, what, we should roll over and die and just pick up this first round pick. Um and I think Sam Darnold is showing improvement. Last week was really great to see. Um, I'm not about to be one of those people that's like, Sam Darnold looks amazing. Top five dynasty quarterback for the rest of his life. <laughs> We're not doing that. Like, it's, like he's, he's good. He played well. Robbie Anderson, it, like last year, was able to be a wide receiver – you know, a wide receiver, one type of numbers guy. I like him over Galladay uh, going up against the Lions. Uh, sorry, going up against the Vikings. So that's that's why I went. That's why I went Anderson. I like speed. Give me speed. Again, I yeah. That's the, just the difference in the defenses they're playing this week is the only reason I picked Robbie Anderson because uh, Green Bay's defense is pretty bad. His passing defense is pretty bad. So I'll. Uh, you know, I don't mind Kenny Galladay, but Minnesota's defense is so much, is so much better than Green Bay's. I understand that the Jets aren't the best team in the league, but uh, you know, it's the quarterback uh, Sam Darnold looked pretty good the last couple of weeks, and if he's going to keep improving or play against a horrible defense, you never know what's going to happen. So that's that's the only reason I have Anderson up there. Yeah, I I had a quick question. Why why no love for Pettis, John? Because all three of us picked Pettis. Not it, it's tough. These are all all these guys are are pretty close anyway. I do like Pettis. I uh, I'm, I'm not saying that I don't like him at all, but like I said, these are all these guys are all pretty close in rankings. And I just I, I decided to just pick uh that I, 
the matchups were a little bit different. We're better in favor of the guys I picked. Yeah. So, or better players anyway. So, you know, Pettis is playing the Bears this week. Who knows if he's even going to get the ball? Yeah. I mean, Nick Mullins is the second coming of dear sweet baby Jesus. So, yeah. I mean, he might not even be able to. He might not even get the. He might not even get the ball out of his hand by the time he, you know. So, who knows? Yeah, but I kind of like Pettis. The Bears are much tougher against the run. They're going to be a negative game script. The Niners. So, and he's taken over as the one. We'll talk about Pettis more later on. But I like to come in a year. I think they got to steal with him at the top of the second round. And he, the last four weeks, has been averaging like seventeen points. So, I'll take the hot hand over. <clears throat> you know. Anderson, who's kind of inconsistent with Darnold, that quarterback, and nobody likes Westbrook. And well, when it's Cody Kessler throwing to him, that's kind of obvious. Yeah, I do like Pettis, just not this week. Yeah. We'll see. I, I think Pettis has got a lot of. Uh, he, I think he's showing what he can do. And I was going to mention Slate, but I'm going to spit out now. For anybody who's listening to this and plays Dynasty or whatever, if you can buy Pettis now for reasonable price, do it. Because I think when we get to this point next year, we're going to be talking about him as like a top 30-ish Dynasty wide receiver. Yeah, I agree with that. I just missed out on him this year. I, uh, I waited too long trying to be cute so I can pick him up later. And uh, I um, we have kind of small rosters. And I just I was a week late on picking him up. So. Yeah, I like I like him a lot in Dynasty. Uh, let's let's jump into the next question then. Um, so the person has Zeke and Mixon and needs to flex either D. Willie, Spencer Ware, Marlon Mack. Uh, it's a PPR league. Um, we we all said Mack. So Pat, why don't you? We're gonna flip roles here. <laughs> I'm hosting. You respond <laughs> with your expert analysis. Yeah, I, why I like to show much better this way. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I mean, between Williams, Ware, and Mac, um, Mac provides the, the most upside. The, the Colts got uh, a big piece of their offensive line back before week 15, and you saw what Marlon Mack did. Um, and I think you'll see more of that this week. Uh, let me just – take a look at the schedule. So the Colts are playing uh, their home against the Giants next week. I expect that to be uh, all indie all the time. So look for positive game script and a lot of Marlon Mack running the ball um, all over the Giants. Yeah, Giants without snacks Harrison is basically Swiss cheese. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they open up holes for running backs just all over the place. Yep, and then uh, let's see. It's the next one here. We have Mahomes at Seattle or Andrew Luck at home versus the Giants. Um, You guys know where I stand. Seth, what do you think? Uh, This is actually pretty funny because Pat and I, we agree. We're both going Luck. Um, I I think Luck is – he's a premier quarterback, and he's been putting up tons of touchdowns, and the Giants are – um, abysmal. Um, so I really like luck, even though I think Mahomes is probably still going to have a, a perfectly fine game. I think this is literally like, who cares? You're going to do fine with either one. But I think luck has the slight advantage here. Um, but Mike yeah. and John both went Mahomes. I would say this this could be you know safe floor versus high ceiling or 
or what you know what do you need depending on who you're going up against do you need points or do you need a you know a safe floor yeah yeah that that definitely plays into the aspect of it whether you need the upside or the safeness of it um i like both guys as we the both top four options for me i've just you're not gonna bet against mahomes and they gotta now with the loss to the Chargers have to win out in order to keep the number one seed. Um, and I think what we just talked about with Mac, the Colts are going to get up on the Giants, just run the ball out. Andrew Luck might put up another 220-yard, one or two touchdown game. So that's why I picked Mahomes. But, again, I like both guys this week. Yeah, yeah. there's a difference between the Cowboys defense and the Giants defense, though. Like, that's a that's a huge oh, yeah. gap. Um, in terms but of if they did that if they managed to run the ball against the Cowboys defense, that what are they going to do against a snackless Giants defense? Yeah, uh, that's that's the only concern I have. But again, you know, you can't go wrong with either one of these guys. Yeah. No, I just want to see Pat Mahomes shove it down Pete Carroll's face. I hate him. John's <laughs> <laughs> getting personal on the podcast this week, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, there are no rules this week on the, the Redraft podcast. <laughs> John really took that gift that was sent out in the very beginning of uh, our discussion of this podcast. No rules to heart. Well, all right. This is um, let's see what uh, this is in a 0.5 PPR league, and it's a four-point passing touchdown league. Matt Ryan at Carolina, Josh Allen at New England, or Baker Mayfield at home versus Cincinnati. Um, so Baker Mayfield's name shows up in. All of these, uh, I'm firmly, John and I are actually firmly on the side of Baker Mayfield. Uh, Mike, you have you have Maddie Ice or Baker Mayfield. Let's uh, why why Maddie Ice and or Baker? Again, it goes back to do you need the points or do you need the safety net? If you want the safety net, I think Baker's better off. Baker's been more consistent the last six or so games since they changed offensive coordinators. Um, but again, this is going to be a game where the Browns show it pretty handily. The Bengals have mailed it in since week three, basically. And they <laughs> give them a lot of credit. Okay, week two. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we saw what he did last time against the Bengals. He dropped four touchdowns, played phenomenal. But I don't think he's going to have the same fire to stick it to Hugh Jackson now that it's been made public. That's what he was doing. So Mayfield, to me, has got the safer median, safer floor. You don't have to worry about him getting you single digits. Matt Ryan, on the other hand, has been up and down his last five or six games. And while he's coming off a hot game and the Panthers is a good matchup, again, this could turn into one of those division games where it just gets fluky from the word go. It gets ugly, turns into a defensive fight. could be a big Tevin Coleman game with Edo Smith going on IR. So more upside. If you need more upside, I go Matt Ryan. If you want the safer bet, Mayfield. And and I'm going to piggyback off that because I think if you want the – bigger kind of boom. Um, I think you go with that boy out in Buffalo, Josh Allen. Um, Because over the past four weeks, whereas like Baker Mayfield over the past four weeks, his um, had not as much success over the past four weeks. um, Sorry, over the past three, yeah, four weeks. It's been week 12, 26 points. Week 13, 28 points. Week 14, 18 points. Week 15, 19 points. He's been above 18 points each week, whereas Baker Mayfield, um, he's actually below that. Week 14 and 15 were some of his worst weeks 
um, in the season where he scored 13 points in week 14 against Carolina, 15 points against Denver. Uh, sorry, in week 15, scored 12 points against Denver. Um, I think if you really want some boom kind of action, you go with Josh Allen. Um, and not to spoil a little bit, he has a wide receiver that can lift the top on any defense and get past just about any defense. Um, and he has the arm strength to get get the ball to him. Uh, not not the best in terms of accuracy, but he can swing downfield and he can run. And I would take that as my my if I need a boom type of quarterback, I like Josh Allen. Yeah, I tend to agree a little bit there, but my concern is, A, last week is rushing. We was averaging over 100 yards the previous three games, dropped to 16 yards on nine carries against the Lions. We know the Patriots do the best thing, they do the best at taking away your number one option, which for this Bills team might be Josh Allen's, you know, running ability. And coming off two straight losses, seeing that they don't even have a first round bye right now and kind of pissed. Uh, Buffalo's probably going to be a punching bag, so I don't know if I wanted them to do with the game this week. Yeah, and it's in New England for the Josh Allen situation. Uh, the Patriots play really tough at home, and it's a division foe. Uh, you know, those those games are always tight, and New England just knows how to kind of clamp down sometimes. I, I, I think that, uh, you know, New England always has problems playing in Buffalo, playing in Miami, but when they play in New England, it's a different story. It's they, They're a whole different team than – and Baker Mayfield's playing against Cincinnati. They uh, – they're they're just they're I mean I could find three year old kids to walk through that defense you know that's so <laughs> it's uh that's why I'm going Mayfield yeah I mean like I said I I put Mayfield for for my safety blanket because I think he gets you decent whereas Allen if Allen busts he's gonna really bust but I think the boom is there if if that's what you're looking for. But we're we're all kind of in agreement here where Mayfield is kind of the the safe play, the you know, the quote unquote smart play. So see, I, I like Mayfield for the, the safe floor and, and the and the high ceiling here. I think uh you know he, he still wants to stick it to Hugh Jackson. I think you know, he's a competitor, he's the type of guy that uh now that it's made public, w- watch him go out there and try to, you know, throw for six or seven touchdowns. And I hope he does. I think that that's 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 a bit much to ask for Mayfield. But, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, let's. Why the hell not? Right. For it. It's been a crazy fantasy football playoffs. All right. Yeah, it is. All right. So the next three questions, believe it or not, we are all in agreement. Um, so this is a half point PPR league. We were asked to pick three: Chubb at home versus the Bengals, Mixon at Cleveland, and. Kamara home versus Pittsburgh or Derrick Henry home versus Washington. This one's a no-brainer. You play your studs. Everybody agrees. Chubb, Mixon, Kamara, and you sit Derrick Henry. Yeah, and and that's going to be tough for somebody that is just looking at points totals for the last two weeks, and they're going to be like, "But Henry is so good." And somebody that doesn't watch film and doesn't like watch just the plethora of like Henry being. Uh, just extremely mediocre and just not having a role in this entire offense for you know ninety percent of the ninety um, percent of the season. So uh, yeah, there's going to be somebody out there that's going to be like, but uh, but Henry's such a great play and Washington's so banged up and yeah, those are all great points. But I 
this is the championship. Start your studs. You, you play your your best players. And uh, yeah, Henry is on a little bit of a roll here, but Chubb, Mixon, Kamara, those are your best players. Uh, you you let it rock. Doesn't it seem like Derrick Henry does this every year? He does. He he takes his. You know, he doesn't do anything. It's fifteen carries for garbage. You know, all year all year long, and then all of a sudden, the last four games of season, three games of season, he has a two or three good games. It's I don't I don't know why some players just do this. But he's one of the guys that drives me nuts every year. Derrick Henry has Derrick Henry on his fantasy team. That's why. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I, really, I really need to leave. I win need this W, guys. I really need a W. <laughs> Coach, put me in. No, I'll actually run for real this time. Right. This is, yeah. All right. Um, next question Four point passing league Philip Rivers home versus Baltimore or Josh Allen at New England? Um, we've covered Josh Allen. Quite a bit here. It seems to be the popular question. I, I like him, but I, I gotta go Rivers. Yeah, we we all want Philip Rivers here. Yes. Yeah, I, I feel like that's yeah. He has a tough matchup against Baltimore, but Baltimore is not. They're they're not the Baltimore of the early two thousands. Yeah, they're good, but like yeah, that Philip Rivers is really good, and he's been playing at an elite level all year. I. I yeah, it's uh, Philip Rivers, no question. This yeah. is a good question, though, because Philip Rivers it might be without Keenan Allen this week, and it's a Baltimore defense. But I think they just have too many tools in the arsenal to uh, not to take Philip Rivers in this situation. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Neither one's got a great matchup, but in that case, you rather take the you know was it sixteen year vet in Philip Rivers than the ten game starter in Allen. So yeah, right. I'll take the old guy. Uh, and I'd also rather take the home team versus the away team. Like just oh, yeah. in terms of communication, yeah, like yeah, it's gonna be a negative game script, meaning that the they're gonna have to pass a lot for Josh Allen, but uh that that doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna be good passing. So, right. Everything and it, is- not, and it may not necessarily be a negative game script. Remember the last time they played the Bills, it was a closed game until about five minutes yeah. left. So don't, don't assume New England's just going to come in and blow them out of the water. It might be a dogfight. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is just kind of pointing towards Rivers. He, he's at home. He's the seasoned vet. You know, it's 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 not in New England base. You know, it's just everything's pointing towards Rivers. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Spencer Ware, this is PPR league, Spencer Ware at Seattle or Leonard Fournette at Miami. And I think we all agree with. Uh, I think is this for you, Seth? You be, Seth put gross, but Leonard Fournette, and I think that's kind of how we all feel. But we all did. We all think Leonard Fournette is the play here over Spencer Ware. Yeah. It's gross, but I th- we think it's the right play. Yep. Yeah, Fournette's got the much better matchup. Um, they're gonna split carries with Ware and Damian Will- uh, Williams in Kansas City. And after the play calling got called out last week, where you know they didn't want to give Fournette the ball in the second half, everybody kind of lost their mind. So I would expect a 22-26 carry game for Fournette. Yeah, and hamstring injury is something that these guys don't mess around with anymore. It's super easy to tweak it again and again and again. So I, you know, Spencer Ware is going to be a, a, a timeshare guy at best, and Fournette's the stud on, on Jacksonville. So you got to go with go with your studs. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, this is I'm the odd man out here. This next question. Uh, Jared Goff, Drew Brees, or Baker Mayfield? Uh, I 
I like Mayfield here, and I have not been shy about that. Uh, at any time he's been an option, I've gone with May- Baker Mayfield. Um, but Seth, Mike, and John all like Drew Brees this week, so um, I don't know. You guys, what I've explained why I like Mayfield so much. You guys want to talk a little bit about Drew Brees this week and why you you like him out of that grouping? I like both guys. I got both in the top eight this week. I just think Breeze has got as poorly as he has played recently. I think this game against the Steelers is going to be high scoring. There's going to be points on the board for both sides. Both teams have something to fight for. Pittsburgh can lock up, I believe, the division if they win and Baltimore loses Saturday night. New Orleans can clinch number one seed if they win. Um, I just think this offense, for whatever reason, has been a funk, and this is going to be the week that they snap into it and it turns into a 36 35 kind of point shootout. Yeah, that breeze situation. I, I again there there's so many out of the backfield, some receiving options in at New Orleans. It's it's you can't really push Breeze down too much too much every week, any week anyway. And uh Jared Goff's just in some kind of a funk right now. So I don't I, I got I'm staying away from him kind of altogether this week. As a matter of fact, I I am uh I'm I'm starting Mayfield over uh, Jared Goff this week in my fantasy championship game. So it's, uh, I'm just, Jared Goff's just someone to kind of avoid right now. And the other reason I like Breeze over Mayfield, we all agree Goff is not an option here. Nobody should trust Goff worth a damn right now because you can't trust him as far as you can throw him. But um, Pittsburgh is the top team in terms of passing versus run percentage. They pass more than any team in the league. The Saints are tough against the run. They are weak against the pass. Means Pittsburgh's going to put up points. New Orleans going to have to match points, and with Mayfield going against Cincinnati, they are equally bad against the run and pass. Which means this could be a Nick Chubb game. This could be a Duke Johnson game. It could be a both kind of game, which makes you kind of worry how much passing they're going to actually have to do. And and I think you guys are overlooking one of the kind of key stats for Drew Brees also, and is that he is one of the most um, he has some of the most fluctuation in terms of his home road splits, and he's been on a um, he's been on a three game uh, road trip. So he finally gets home back in New Orleans, and yeah, I I think Carolina can beat you and. Just about, or sorry, Carolina. New Orleans can beat you in just about any way they want to, and I think coming home, Drew Brees is going to put up the type of numbers that you expect Drew Brees to put up. So, uh, yeah, Drew Brees at home, I'll take him just about every day, and literally twice on Sunday. Yeah, that's another good point about the home road splits. And during this three-game stretch, they got the last two games at home against Pittsburgh and Carolina with things on the line for them. So I don't think they're going to leave it up to wait for Carolina and say, well, if we lose to Pittsburgh, we always got Carolina next week. We just crushed them on the road. They want to lock up the number one seed in Villa, sit back next week, and not have to worry about anything. Yeah, if, if the Saints can lock up the one seed and home field advantage throughout the playoffs, watch out because that – they just play – the home road splits are just unreal, and you guys have touched on those already, but they're just so much better at home. I mean, the rest of the league needs to be unnoticed that if the Saints get the get home field advantage to just bring yeah, your A the, game. The, We're trying, the, trying to sneak 14 defenders on the field. I don't know. 
Yeah. The, the, the last time New Orleans was at home was in week 11 against Philadelphia. Drew Brees put up 30 points. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Philadelphia's defense isn't great. Pittsburgh's defense is a little bit improved from where they were in the beginning of the season. But, yeah, Drew Brees and that passing attack, that's – like, Sean Payton is a very good coach. And, yes, I'm mad at them for what they did to my fantasy teams uh, last night. I'm going to swallow that for another moment. But – uh, like he, they're still a very, very efficient offense. They're still a very good offense, and uh, yeah, he's going to put in work. Agreed. All right, another quarterback question here is: Who do I grab on waivers to replace Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, Nick Foles, Derek Carr, Josh Allen, or Lamar Jackson? Uh, out of that group, me personally, I like Russell Wilson. Um. I think they've got a halfway decent matchup this week um, against the Chiefs. So I, I, if I'm picking out of that group, I'm going Russ Wilson. What do you guys think? I agree. The rest of those guys don't really appeal to me. They're all QB2s for me. Wilson's the one guy I got inside the top. Was it here? Nine. So, yeah, it, it's easily Wilson for me. And Cam is outside the top 15. So you can't trust him even against a good Falcons matchup on paper because – Clearly, that shoulder is not even fifty percent right. Yeah, I mean, Sam Darnold has been playing great as of late. If I threw him into the mix, does that change your opinion any? No, because nope. I think that I, think, <laughs> I love Sam Darnold going forward. I think he's just way too inconsistent right now to, you know, bank on anything, especially against the Packers. Who, while it's not a while it's not a bad matchup on paper, they may just they're all coaching for their jobs over there. From Phil, but not every coordinator to the assistant coaches and everything. They very well may just clean house. So I kind of want to stay away from that game entirely. Okay. I mean, other than your studs, obviously. But yeah. All right. Moving on. All right. PPR League, Spencer Ware or Jamal Williams. Um, three of us are in agreement here. We like Jamal Williams. Uh, Seth, you have a question here about Ware's injury status and you know, who else is on the waiver wire. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I, Jamal Williams is somebody that is, ah, what's the word? It's just meh. inconsistent. Eh. Like, okay. Yeah, it, it, he's, he is broccoli. Like, yeah, it's a good play, I guess. Like it makes sense, but you don't really want to eat broccoli. Like, <laughs> I mean, but so if you're picking between the two, Ware or Williams, I mean, I mean, I would if Ware is fully healthy and like we know he's going to be good. I like, well, well, I like Ware well, over. You're asking a lot. Of, I mean, if we knew guys were going to yeah, be good, yeah. I mean, right now <laughs> at this point in the week, I mean, Williams is your best option here. I just, uh, I just. I, I don't like it. Yeah, that's no, that's fair. That's fair. Like I would literally be looking at my waivers and trying to see like is, is, is somebody out there that yeah. you know. All right, that, so I know that this isn't on the sheet here, but let's. All right, how about uh, how about like a Zach Zenner in Detroit? Ooh. <laughs> Gross. Uh, who, who else is on the waivers? 
Uh, really, we really got to reach here. Um, yeah, let, me, let me run up some names that might be on the waivers then. Um, <clears throat> Naeem Hines, uh, Trenton Cannon, Yeldon, Duke I, Johnson, I, Jeff I Wilson. That. I don't mind the Naeem Hines play again, especially thinking in terms of the Colts versus the Giants. I mean, Mac Mac looked really good in the Cowboys game, but Mac is, you know, here one minute, gone the next, and in for a full series, and then it's like, hey, what happened to Mac? Um, like, I, I I would debate that one, especially in a PPR, but. Uh, yeah, this is just gross. Sorry. Yeah, that's no, that's fair. All right. Uh, another PPR question here. Larry Fitzgerald or Demarius Thomas? Uh, Seth, you and I are both on Team DT, while Mike and John are Team Larry Fitz. Uh, for me personally, it's the quarterback situation. I, I Even if it was Rosen out in Arizona, I'm still picking DT. I just think he's in a much better uh, – he's got a much better you know quarterback throwing him the ball. Yeah. And I, and it's just a better team around Demarius Thomas than it is around Fitz. And, you know, sometimes that works out in the wide receiver's benefit, but it's like, it's, it's just, it's bleak. Arizona's bad. Yeah. yeah it's, like, it's, it's, bad. it's bleak in Arizona. Yeah. So I want to hear from, uh, from Mike and from John here on uh, why they went Larry Fitz over DT. I went Fitz assuming Rosen plays. If it's Glennon, then I'm kind of on the DT bandwagon. I just – he's too – I don't want to say he's too inconsistent, but it's just I worried that, okay, it's a Hopkins game. They don't have to go to him. The John, or the Eagles are one week one during the second. It just gets beat up, and they just go to Hopkins left and right. And it's it, it's a little uh, – it's a hard thing for me to trust Demarius Thomas. Since he's come over, he was 19.8 the first game. Six, nine, and then eleven point nine last week. It's just the matchup's better, the quarterback's better. I just worry that Philly gets all kinds of pressure on Watson. He can't get rid of the ball. This game turns into a lot of field goals for Fairbear, and you get a you know yeah. a three point game out of DT in the championship game. While Fitz, even if it is Glennon, you're probably still at the same floor as DT's median. So. I agree. I agree with Mike 100 percent on that whole everything he said. So that's that's where I stand too. <laughs> taking the easy John's way out. John's John's take, yeah, he's taking the easy way out. I see how it is. All right. Uh, la- last Twitter John question. Literally just said ditto. Yeah, ditto. Right. <laughs> All right. Last question. PPR league. Trey Burton, CJ Uzoma, or Vance McDonald. Um, again, it was a pretty good consensus here. Three of us have Trey Burton listed. At the top of our list, um, John's calling this one a toss-up. John, why, why a toss-up? Or do you have, you know, Burton ranked at the top of your list? Or do you have McDonald? Is it like a one A one B situation? Uh, I, I all these guys are just kind of in the middle of the pack. It's tough for tight end this year, mm-hmm. unless you have Kelsey or Ertz or Kittle or, you know, that double E guy. Eric, you know, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked about him at all this week. Thank no, goodness, shy away from him. His 1.8 points didn't really do much for anybody, so uh, I, I just those guys, there's a bunch of middle of the pack tight ends this year. It's been a yeah. horrible situation, and uh, you know, anywhere from the Austin Hooper, Chris Hernan, Cameron Brake, Trey Burton, Uzama, Jimmy Graham, I mean, you name them, 
they're all somewhere right in the middle of probably, you know, four catches for, you know, 30 yards. It's, it's bad. I, I totally agree. If, if you don't have one of the, the top tier guys, it's just, you, you're hoping for uh, a touchdown or you're hoping for, um, you know, that trick play or whatever, you know, that, that Monday night game that the backup tight end goes literally had one catch for 50 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. You know, I guess I want to ask this question. Is, it, is the tight end situation like that bad this year? Is it just it's the norm and we're kind of sick of it now? Like it's just kind of. It's the norm for tight ends. Yeah, that's that's what I thought too. I'm like, everybody's making a big deal how bad tight ends are, but tight ends never really scored a thousand points. Yeah. You know, no. season, so. Well, no one scores a thousand points, John, but. <laughs> <laughs> you get a thousand points out of anybody you want. Let me be a little more specific. Uh, nobody scores. <laughs> nobody scores more than you know. Usually, like it's anywhere from like the six to eleven area ever, besides the top tight ends. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, with tight ends, you're always either chasing, you know, that tight end that is just uber involved in his offense, like an Ertz or a Kelsey or a Kittle. Um, or you're chasing touchdowns, uh, like like an Ebron. And if you're chasing touchdowns, they're in that second tier because Ebron will put up a goose egg like he did, you know, three or four weeks ago, or he'll put up 1.8 because he doesn't get a touchdown. And so to answer this question, it's literally, I mean, the three of us all agree that it's Burton. I think part of it is because playing against the 49ers everybody has a chance at a touchdown like you know who knows it, everybody could everybody could everybody gets one it's like oprah you know <laughs> you get a, car, you get a touchdown um and hey, then I, uh, go, go ahead, ahead. Trey Burton's just been uh, – he was somebody everybody expected a lot out of this year, and he just has not performed. So he's got kind of in a dog in the doghouse in my in my in my book anyway. So yeah, but I mean that's the thing. That's also the thing with tight ends though is their their fluctuation in points is greater than any other position in fantasy football. Well, you didn't expect this out of Braid because they had OJ Howard. You didn't expect that out of Uzama because he came, you know, he walked into a situation after an injury too. Burton from day one, you expected a big season from Burton. He did not, but he has not produced. Yeah. But I mean, I, I would go, if you really want some upside, I would go with McDonald. Um, even though the Saints are very stingy against, um, against tight ends, they really haven't played too many teams that run two tight end sets. So the fact that you have Jesse James and McDonald, like, yeah, they're super stingy against tight ends, but they're not playing, you know, I mean, they played Philly who runs, you know, they, they run a good two tight end set, but outside of that like they don't play many teams that run a lot of that run two tight ends or have two competent tight ends which you know most teams don't have but um the fact that the Steelers have Jesse James and McDonald and a lot of weapons on the outside um even though the Saints defense is like pretty they're pretty good I think the Steelers offense is enough to kind of give them trouble where you know, if Burton is in your doghouse like he is yours, John, I, my my bet then is McDonald. Like if it's like, oh, I hate Burton. He hasn't done anything for me. The one week I, I finally put him on my bench was this past week and he catches a, 
a what was it a 20 yard out route in in the end zone and he gets eight you know eight points like i, I hate burton go mcdonald <laughs> uh so tight ends people it's yeah. like the fair bear like yeah yeah like you know ish happens in fantasy football yeah yeah so well that does it for the the kind of twitter q a start sit part uh thanks so much everybody for uh commenting uh reaching out to us with your questions hopefully this does provide some value for you coming into the championship games um real quick the four of us we're going to talk about a couple guys that uh we're moving up and some guys that we're moving down or some some teams or situations that we're moving down our big boards um i kind of want to give the floor over to seth because he he promised an epic cowboys rant and i kind of want to hear what he has to say um i don't know seth can you keep this under 10 minutes yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. We got time to go open a bourbon. I'm yeah. gonna channel all of my aggression. I'm gonna keep this one relatively, um, relatively short. All right. So let's talk about who you're moving up and why. Okay. So I'm moving up the entirety of the Cowboys teams. Uh, aside from Jason Garrett, uh, I'm not gonna add what I wrote into the show notes next to his name, um, but. <laughs> Iowa is not pleasant, not kid appropriate. Um, and and four letter word, guys, you can figure out which one. Yeah, that's yeah. Anyways, um, they're just so just boring. I went through and I I literally watched every single play of the Cowboys game again. Um, I watched it on Sunday, um, and then I watched it again on Monday, literally going through and watching every single play that the Cowboys did. And they are the most predictable team in the NFL. And against a team like Indianapolis, that is a core of guys that are young, they're fast, they're aggressive. You ran the same plays over and over again and never once mixed it up. The amount of times that they... They ran, when it was an important situation, ran left. Every time, like that fourth and one at the goal line, run left. Every time they needed to pick up a yard, every time they needed to pick up short yardage, run left. Every time, uh, almost every time they, they run the ball, especially to the outside, they're pulling one, if not two guards to that side. They never once run like a trap or anything anything creative off of those poles so you know for anybody new to football you know a trap is is a is a phenomenal play because it gets the defense moving in one direction and it leaves one guy coming back in the opposite direction so when a defensive lineman or a, def- or a linebacker shoots a hole and thinks that they're going to blow somebody up you have like a tight end or somebody else coming from the opposite side of the field to clean them up. You're running back, you know, makes a move to where the main pole was going, plants and gets out going in the opposite direction, following behind that key block of where they just blew up that, you know, that defensive player coming in thinking that they were going to stop the play. Not once did they run a play like this. They run, they ran like, a couple of plays where it was tough to be able to see like 
was that a design um, kind of misdirection or was that like Zeke took like two steps and was like, that whole defense is crashing that side. Let me jump cut back to the opposite side and run. Like they, they had two plays like that where it was, it's possible. On top of that, they ran play action on first down once, picked up 14 yards. Every other time they ran play action was on third down. And not even third and short. It was like, you're not fooling anybody with this, but yeah, let, let's run play action because we have a good running back, but let's not actually run it in a, in a play where that play action is going to bait anybody in. We're going to run it one time. And the play actions and, and the, the play calls that they were making on third down, third and seven, screen. Uh, third and 14, screen. No, no third down play went to the sticks or beyond the sticks. How, do you, how did you expect to win this game? And the fact of the matter is the Cowboys defense – they actually played really well considering what the offense gave them. Like the offense gave them no support and the defense, they held a Colts offense to two touchdowns and two field goals. That's a hell of a performance from that defensive front. And that offense was just like, it was high school level. Uh, So Defense, we're going to run the ball right with our best player, okay? And you're going to know it's going to happen because we're going we're gonna to pull half of our line to get out in front of them. Okay. Oh, geez, geez look what happens. It gets blown up. Oh, on a fourth and one, we run left off tackle and get blown up a yard behind the line of scrimmage when literally everybody knows you're going left. You have got to be better playing, calling plays, um, and uh, yeah, that's that's me trying to contain a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> and, and do you know how many times they run it out of shotgun with Zeke? Like seriously, running it out of shotgun with Zeke. Zeke touched the ball eighteen times, had eighteen rushes. Uh, at least half of them came from the shotgun. Like, you know why Gurley, like, gets so many, like, easy runs that he gets right now is because they run three wide receivers that the defense has to commit to, and they run him in the single back formation, and they run creative plays around him. Like, if you look at Zeke's numbers this year, there's times where it's like, I'm surprised Zeke is doing so good with the play calling and how abysmal it is. I've called better games in Madden than these <laughs> two people are doing in real life. And ladies and gentlemen, that is your weekly Cowboy rant from Seth. <laughs> lots of, a lot to unpack there. So, Seth, you'll be watching the game uh, this Sunday? <laughs> no, absolutely. Cowboys. Cowboys. <laughs> Just to shout out somebody on Twitter, uh, somebody that retweeted our tweet about the questions, their uh, Twitter name is Cowboys Eat Poop. <laughs> hey, I actually play in a league with that dude. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's my boy, uh, actually. 
Yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> it's funny. That's, that's like the you know how like on Twitter it does like uh, this person and so many others retweeted this. It's like cowboys eat poop. <laughs> oh jeez. So, so you're you're high on the Cowboys minus Jason Garrett. Yeah. Okay. I mean uh, honestly, <laughs> you know, don't expect huge things from Dak uh because it's Dak. Uh you know, expect a decent game from him and expect a you know, expect Zeke to be a top five running back option. Um expect Cooper Cup to come back. Um, you know, if you want to take a gamble on a Cowboys tight end, you know, it's always, don't, okay. I, I want to, I want to recommend it, don't, but, yeah. um, I mean the Cowboys versus Philly Dak had, what was it? 400 yards passing. Cooper had 200 yards receiving and Elliot had a hundred yards rushing. That's going to be hard to duplicate, but against a Buccaneers team coming home to Dallas, which Jesus, the Cowboys need to find a way to win away. But coming home, to, coming home to you know Jerry World, Cowboys play much much better at home, and the Buccaneers their defense is terrible. So <laughs> Cowboys all day every day, and now I'll be I'll be sound there for five minutes. <laughs> uh, all right, wow, wow. okay, Mike. Why don't you go ahead and tell us who you're moving up your uh, your big board this week? Geez, how the hell I talk Seth's five-minute rant? Um, right. Well, I'll keep it short and sweet, guys. Well, we briefly talked on this earlier. I like Chris Carson. I think this Chiefs-Seahawks game is going to be uh, a quick game, a lot of running. Seattle's the top team in the league in terms of most runs called per game. Um, Chris Carson's been on a roll. He scored 12 or more points in five straight games, including a season-high 26.8 last week against the Niners. Chiefs are the friendliest team against opposing running backs, giving up over 31 a game, and have given up at least one rushing touchdown in six of their seven last seven games. Uh, you want to keep Mahomes off the field? Best way to do that is to run the ball down the Chiefs' throat, which is why I'm kind of down on Russell Wilson this week. And Chris Carson has taken over as a lead guy in that backfield. Uh, Penny and Mike Davis are in deeper leagues, appealing flex options to me, but to me, Chris, Car- Chris Carson should finish as a low-end RB1 this week. Very nice, very nice. John, who are you moving up your big board? I wanted Chris Carson, but, you know, it's I'm, I'm already accused of being a copycat every time I do something. So <laughs> I'm going to go. Just off of me, John. You could copy the other two guys once in a while, just not me anymore, okay? Me and you are the same, have the same brain wink on half the stuff, I think. But uh, Marlon, I'm going with Marlon Mack. Just, I think he's, he just, uh, he's getting hot right now. Um, it's... They're uh, they're playing a pretty bad Giants running defense. Um, it's that's I don't want to go somebody obvious, and uh, just I have Marlon Max been picking it up. That's my the only reason I'm I'm moving him up this week. I like it. Yeah, uh, he's uh, he's been productive. Like I said, they they got. Uh, I don't have the name in front of me, but they did. It was a center or a guard. They got somebody back last week, and you saw it was, Mar- Ryan, it was Ryan Kelly, the center. Ryan Kelly, the center. Thank you. Yeah, so they got their center back, and you saw what Marlon Mack can do. So I, I, I like the pick. I'm actually – we've talked a little bit about um, both Damian Williams and Spencer Ware this week. I'm actually moving Damian Williams up uh, my big board this week. Um, you know, if you're picking between Williams and Ware or uh, – you know Williams and somebody else. I 
I like Damian Williams this week. I mean, since the, he's been in the timeshare with Spencer Ware, um, he scored four touchdowns to Spencer Ware's one. Um, he's caught 10 passes for, you know, 90 yards and a score uh, on 11 targets. He's gotten, you know, 18 rushing attempts in two games. So uh, I'll, I'll take the guy that's found the end zone more often than not. So I like Damian Williams this week. Yeah, I like him. I liked him when he was in Miami too. I uh, was kind of, I didn't like seeing him go. I knew he'd pan out to be something one day, and uh, unfortunately, he's panning out somewhere else. Quick, quick question: Can we expect the same thing from Drake then? So as soon as Drake leaves Miami and gets an opportunity anywhere else with a coach that'll actually play him, can we expect Drake to be a decent fantasy option? I think Drake's okay right now. I think he's got a bad shoulder. Or something's going on there. They're uh, they're give, finally giving the ball to Kalen Blage. I think out of necessity because Frank Gordon it got hurt, and uh, I, I honestly think that they're just. You know, I think I think uh, I think Drake's shoulders just hurt enough where he could still play, but they don't want to. They don't want to really push the envelope on on his situation. So Blage took advantage of a good situation. I don't expect that happening every week, but. Uh, uh, you know, some people say that Kalen Blage is a better version of Kenyon Drake. I don't believe that, but um, it's it's uh, I don't know. I I, I don't think so. Right. I, yeah, I'm, I'm indifferent to Kenyon Drake. Um, I I just I'd like to see it at least for a couple games in Miami before I can say, yeah, that guy. He's gonna you know he's gonna go somewhere and be the guy. I I, I need to see it. I just don't know if it's Adam Gase's playing calling or just the, the things that are going on in Miami right now. I, I I don't know what the hell is going on. Every week it's a different problem. It's not like it's a consistent issue that they have. It's a you know they decide to pass one game, then they get cute with the running game, and then they try to do a little bit of both. It doesn't work, and he just he plays his own head games with himself, and he costs himself a lot of games or a lot of bad situations anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going with it's Gase, but. That whole that whole situation in Miami is just frustrating. It's like every year you hear they start off slow. Gase is going to be on the hot seat. He's going to get fired. Then they reel up a couple of wins in November or December. They finish around five hundred. Don't make the playoffs. We'll give Gase another year. So yeah. So I, I saw this going around Twitter, and I, I I didn't have the time to to fact check it, but it was something like the Dolphins are seven and seven in their last fourteen games, sixteen and sixteen in their last thirty two, um, and they went all the way back to the, like their. The Dolphins are sixty-four and sixty-four in their last hundred and twenty-eight games. <laughs> it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. You know, and, I, and that's another thing too is if you're not at the bottom or the top, it's a, the middle's a hard place to climb out of. You're not getting good draft picks. You're not getting anything special. You're just you're you're not you're not overcoming any obstacles. You're just kind. Of, the middle's a horrible place to be in any sport, especially something that's got such parity like football. It, it, to be in the to be in the top, especially with that kind of situation where it's exactly the you're. I mean, you're exactly 500 over the last 10 years. You know, it seems so, like. No, I, so I thankfully, you know, we have the internet, and everything on the internet stays there forever. Um, so the Dolphins seven and seven, 19 and 19, 23 and 23. This goes all the way back. They're 66 and 66. Their last 132 games. Yeah, that's literally mediocrity. Yeah, you are perfectly average. (laughs) So, yeah, John, I'm I'm not as a Lions fan. I 
I feel for you. As a uh, you know, I, I feel like they're in the same boat as the Lions. The Lions are 100%. just, you know, that they, when you're anywhere in the, anywhere from like the the twelve to eighteen range, like the the, the maybe the ten to twenty range, yeah. it's just a horrible place to be because you're yes. never getting out. It's, it's impossible to dig out of that situation. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, some guys or some situations here that we're moving down. Uh, I'll make this quick. I'm moving down the Baltimore Ravens backfield. Um, I know Edwards has looked good um, since everything went down um, in Baltimore when he kind of took over. Um, you know, picked up 104 yards on 19 carries and a touchdown. Uh, Kenneth Dixon is back and healthy. They're just kind of eating into each other's shares. Um, I, I don't like it this week um, up against the Chargers. So I'm, I'm avoiding both guys this week in, uh, in, a, in any and all form. It, real quick, if you had to pick one, would it would it be Dixon or Edwards? <sighs> probably Edwards. PR, obviously, probably Edwards because he has been able to find the end zone, um, and he's got a couple of games in there where he's gone over a hundred yards. So, if I have to pick one of those two, I'll I'll probably t- I'd take Gus Edwards. Hmm. I'd go Dixon. All right, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Seth. Who's uh, who's moving down your list this week? Uh, so we have a whole uh, team here again. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not cheating this week because you said pick one. I picked one whole team. And next week is going to pick the entire NFC conference. <laughs> I'm going with. I'll go by division first. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm dropping the Giants out. Uh, the, uh, some people, I, this is why living in New York City is really difficult at times. Uh, there's people out there that are like Eli Manning. He's he's playing better. That he he's been steady over what? What have you been watching? The yeah, he's, he's coming back in 2019. Oh, gross! What's the cowboy? Don't you do that to me? No, it's starting quarterback. Uh, I mean, he, yeah, there's rumors going around about Eli Manning coming back for the Giants, which I mean, they're still in their struggle trying to find Eli's replacement. And you know, the Giants that they're winning games for some reason, even though you know they might not be mathematically eliminated, um, but they're basically like they 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 need a lotto ticket to get in. And granted, they've done that in the past, and they've done it, and you know, got the last seed, and went all the way to beating the Patriots and being Super Bowl champs. But the fact of the matter is, is that team is a lot different than the team they have right now. Um, and yes, Saquon Barkley is amazing, but I'm still tempering my expectations for Barkley. I am not in any way, shape, or form saying do not play Barkley because that's just foolish, but. There's a possibility there's no Odell, Evan Ingram, who knows if he's going to show up or not show up. You know, which Shepard is there? Like, is it Russell Shepard or Sterling Shepard? And, you know, that that's all, the, you know, avoiding the fact that that offensive line, uh, like literally, I think, I think me just throwing myself at an NFL player – and just making him have to like catch me and throw me five yards in the opposite direction would slow them down more than what 
uh, what opposing defensive linemen are being slowed down by this offensive line. So, um, I mean, the Giants are also going up against the Colts, uh, who, yes, the Colts just, you know, destroyed the Cowboys. I think that's more the Cowboys coaching, which <laughs> that's so painful. Yeah, I was, I was Jason Garrett's still head coach. Uh, you had, had your Cowboys <laughs> rant. I know. I'm sorry. The Colts are a very good defense. I think that because the Colts have been so bad for so long, the Colts defense has been overlooked this entire year. The Colts have a really strong defense, and I think the Giants are just the the Giants are going to get the kind of um, whooping that the Cowboys got. I think the Giants might, you know, I think the Giants will put a point or two on the board. Um, whereas the Cowboys couldn't, but I still think the Giants are just going to get eviscerated by this Colts team. So I'm not looking forward to playing any of them, but obviously you play Barkley because, you know, he's a, he's a one touch type of guy that can make a day. So thoughts avoid the Giants, except for Barkley. Got it. (laughs) No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and Beckham if he plays. But other than that, yeah, you don't want anything else to do with him. And, and even when Beckham has been playing, like, uh, yeah, he's been a little disappointing. But again, you're gonna you're gonna feel like a fool if you bench him, and then all of a sudden, boom, he has the thirty point game. Yeah, all your studs, and if they go sour, well, at least you have an excuse. You get right. cute and you screw up, then you have nobody to blame but yourself. Yeah. All right, Mike, who are you moving down this week? Um, moving down. Um, well, we kind of touched on this with Seth's NFC East ramp, and I'll just wrap it up with the Redskins. Um, I'll be concise, though. It's, the offense is being held together with bubble gum and duct tape, so it's just disgusting. Uh, Peterson has 12 total points over the last two weeks while averaging 2.3 yards a carry. It hasn't found the end zone. The Titans are the toughest team against opposing running backs, giving up just over 18 points a game. And like we said with the Giants, the Redskins mathematically still might be in the playoff race, despite how dumb it was to win last week. Um, in reality, they need a whole bunch of things to happen that aren't going to happen, so they're out of it. The Titans have plenty to play for with if they win this week and then win next week, they ensure themselves number six seed, assuming Baltimore loses a game. So I think Tennessee comes out, steps on the Redskins throw from early on, which forces them to the negative game script, which means Adrian Peterson is droppable, basically. Yeah. I mean, the, the Titans just shut down Barkley, too. Exactly. If they can shut down Saquon, what do you think they're going to do? And I mean, part of that is just the Giants are bad. So, but yeah. If they're bad, the Redskins are garbage, so. Yeah. <laughs> and no argument. No argument from John and myself on that one. John, who who are you moving down this week? John, did we lose you? Nope, you're on mute. Oh, John's on mute. We'll come back to John. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, about- guys. Oh, there he is. Oh, He's back. Yeah. My thing I got unplugged. Uh, so James Conner's home, who I'm moving down this week. Uh, it's it's tough in the fantasy playoffs right now, but the guy's been off for a couple weeks. Uh, who knows if he's 100 percent right now? Um, I and the way I think it's a team it's a team situation, not not how good the players are in Pittsburgh. So I think those guys are interchangeable almost right now. Jalen Samuels, James Conner with an injury. I think it's gonna be a little bit more of a timeshare than people expect, and they're playing a tough New Orleans defense. So uh, I touched on that before. That's uh, that's why I'm moving down James Conner this week. Agreed. Yeah, I'm, 
I'll build off of that with my next um, moving down, and I'll make this fast because I talk so much about the, <laughs> what I was moving up and down the first time. Um, but I'm moving down Jalen Samuels also, and a lot of people are – like there's people out there on Twitter that are saying that Jalen Samuels is better than James Conner. And, um, I mean, what you're seeing there is just a really good running scheme and a really good run-blocking Pittsburgh offensive line. That's right. They're interchangeable, uh, yep. Yeah, Jalen Samuels, like, he looked good, but if you really go back and watch, and I watched the All-22 for every one of Jalen Samuels carries this past week, uh, he breaks a tackle or two, but for the most part, he's picking up what that offensive line is giving him. And this is, you know, this is kind of like what – not to compare him to Zeke at all because that's the wrong thing, but like when Zeke was running behind the amazing Cowboys offensive line from you know two years ago, like yeah, he he gained five yards before anyone was around him to touch him. Like Jalen Samuels is good, but then again, James Conner is good. Le'Veon Bell is good. Like all of these guys are good. Yes, I think they're stacked in that order, but that offensive line is just that good. And if you're going to have James Conner and Jalen Samuels out there um, in any type of timeshare, I think the timeshare I think the timeshare goes in favor of Conner, not Jalen Samuels. So yeah, I'm I'm dropping down Jalen Samuels as well. Even though he sh- he showed he can play, he showed he can do well, uh, especially with that Pittsburgh run blocking. Uh, but I'm I'm nowhere near anointing him. The, the replacement for Le'Veon Bell for, you know, 2019. Like, I've, I've, I've seen people make that jump too on Twitter. Speaking of moving down, like, as long as we're talking about Pittsburgh running backs, what's going to happen to Le'Veon Bell when he gets when he goes somewhere else next year and expects $15 million when they see that Samuels and Connor are, are all running all over the place behind the same offensive line that he benefited from the last couple of years? I, you know, does he really plan on going out and getting 14 or $15 million a year somewhere with some sort of bad offensive line? He'll get thirteen. Uh, will. Yeah, and I, I think that's another. That's a that's a great topic for another show. All right. Because I, th- I honestly, th- I th- we could do a whole show on that. We should. We we probably will. Like, I mean, once he signs, we could easily do a whole show on that. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's knock the rest of these out real quick because we've each got another guy that we're propping up, and uh, another guy that we're moving down our list. So real quick, guy, I'm moving up. Um, Christian McCaffrey. A lot of question marks around Cam and will he play, won't he play. Um, CMC's been there, done it all. Um, I, I like CMC moving forward. I know it's real easy to jump on him because he's been a top uh, you know, five or six running back all year. But uh, I, I'm moving him up, especially with the news on Cam. Yeah, and he, he's been phenomenal all year long. I think he's like the only running back who's had an RB1 or 2 finish in every game this year. I just saw that stat as well. I was going to reference that, but I, I, I didn't – again, it, I didn't have enough time to properly research it But because, um, you know, if it's on Twitter, it has to be true. But I, I did see that. and Yeah, if that's true, that's that's wild that he has had a top 24 finish every week this season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then moving down, uh, I'm avoiding – what's left of the wide receivers in Cincinnati. Uh, A.J. Green is out. Tyler Boyd is out. They're down to uh, John Ross, Auden Tate, um, and you got Jeff Jesko throwing the ball. So I'm just avoiding uh, any pass catchers over in Cincinnati. Joe Mixon or bust. Agreed. 
Yeah, and and even Joe Mixon, I'm uh, tempering expectations on. Like I, he's a, he's a he's a play for me, but I, it, he's an RB two this week, not typical. Yeah. One the whole rest of the offense is just so, so bad. How do you not pinpoint him defensively and be like, uh, we stop him? It's him or the punter, so I'll take your pick. <laughs> uh, all right. Seth, who are you propping up? Who are you uh, moving up this week? I'm, I'm moving up, and uh, this one should not come as uh, too much of a surprise. You've been watching him recently. Uh, Robert Foster. This is a guy that, that I really – he was a converted linebacker from college uh, that became a wide receiver, but he is a – he's just – yes, every NFL player is athletically gifted. This guy is athletically gifted among athletically gifted people. Um, he, in the past three weeks – has uh, he has three of the top four, and there's a tie for top four, but three of the top four wide receiver points, uh, fantasy points for Buffalo. Um, and for those ones, he's been, you know, 17 points, 17 points, 20 points. Like he's put up 108 yards, 94 yards, 104 yards. Uh, two touchdowns, and this is all coming from week 12 to week 15. So, um, yeah, he, he doesn't get a ton. He doesn't get a ton of looks. He doesn't get a ton of receptions. But in that Buffalo offense, who else are you going to play? Exactly. And uh, I'm not saying go, go start, you know, Keenan Allen's hurt, go start Reuben Foster. Uh, you're, you're not, you're not going to get that same type of performance. But what you're going to get is you're going to get a wide receiver that is going to put up decent numbers for you. Um, and especially if he's able to, you know, to do the one big play, which you are kind of expecting from Robert Foster now. Um, but, I mean, if he's hitting that – you know, that 15 to 20 mark that puts him squarely in that wide receiver one, wide receiver, you know, high end wide receiver two range. And yeah, I'm, I'm all about Robert, uh, Robert Foster right now because he, he, he can do it. Go Buffalo. Let's go Buffalo. All right. I, I love it. I was telling the guys beforehand that looking at the show shoot, I, I, I've stashed Robert Foster in a couple of dynasty leagues. I haven't had the guts to play him in a redraft league, but I, I love Robert Foster moving forward. I think he and Josh Allen are developing a great rapport. Yeah. And if uh, he, at this point he's he's flex worthy in, uh, in 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 your redraft leagues. Yeah, I mean Foster <laughs> outscored Julio Jones, Mike Evans, Julian Edelman, Stephen Diggs, <laughs> Gerald, yeah. Antonio Brown. Like he outscored them all this past week, mm-hmm. and you know, yes, touchdowns. You you don't want to chase touchdowns, but the fact of the matter is that this guy is kind of like Will Fuller from last year, when literally Will Fuller just kept catching touchdowns, right. and it's, <laughs> and it's right. like 
I don't want to not trust him, but if I have him on my bench and he goes for another 100 yards and a touchdown, I'm going to be so mad. So, And at this point, you got him as a flex at least yeah. or at most. Like, yeah. All right, Mike, who are you uh, moving up and moving down? Real quick, I agree with Seth. If you're in a situation where you got to chase points, you got to you know go for the home run hit. Foster is a great play because he very well could pop off another 20-point game. And if he doesn't, well, you probably weren't going to win anyways. Um, but to continue off the rookie receiver theme, I am moving up a rookie, moving down a rookie. Moving up, uh, Dante Pest. We kind of touched on this earlier. Um, I really liked him coming into the year. I think he's a great dynasty stash for you guys. Over the last four games, he's averaging just under 19 points a game. He's clearly the number one receiver in San Francisco. Marquise Goodwin can't stay healthy. Pierre Garçon's on IR. As good as the Bears' defense has been this year, they aren't that tough against receivers, giving up about 38 points per game. This game should be a negative game script for the Niners, which means lots of passing, lots of garbage time points. I think this is a, a sneaky flex play in terms of, especially if you're in PPR or any kind of big play, 100-yard bonus leagues. I think Pettis can probably get you six catches around 100 yards and a touchdown. We talked, you know, Pettis was covered quite a bit, actually. Uh, I, I like Dante Pettis. He's been very productive these last few weeks, and really when it counts coming into fantasy football playoffs. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Who are, you, who are you moving down this week? I'm moving down someone we were high on a few weeks ago when Cortland Sutton. Since the Emmanuel Sanders injury, uh, the Broncos haven't won a game, fallen on a playoff contention, and the whole receiver group is just a mess. Um, since Son- Sanders has you know, gone on IR, Sutton's averaging 6.5 points a game compared to 15 and 14 for Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick, respectively. Uh, Sutton is likely to draw coverage against Garyon Conley, who has played well the last few weeks for the corner at uh, Oakland. And I think the Broncos are going to have a better success attacking the uh, the, the Raiders, the, yeah, attacking the Raiders on the ground using Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, maybe. So yeah. I, I just I don't like any of these receivers. I especially don't like Sutton because I just think this is a trifold mess. That's Case Keenum throwing the ball. They don't have anything to play for. Oakland might be playing their last game in Oakland because of the whole stadium issue and everything else. Um, I, I just stay with the receivers. It's Lindsay or Bust in this game for me on either side of the ball. Nope, I I agree. What a nice surprise Philip Lindsay's been out in Denver too. Made the Pro Bowl, first undrafted player to make the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that on Twitter. Didn't have time to research it. Thanks for that line, Pat. <laughs> well, wow. you know, if it's on Twitter, it has to be true. I mean, I, I love the Cortland Sutton drop, and it's yeah. it kind of sad because Cortland Sutton is that guy that I that guy was excited for this whole year. And now that he's put out there as the number one guy, it's it's kind of like when that that rookie quarterback gets thrown out there into the fire, and you're just like, oh, real, oh give him time, give him <laughs> yeah. time to develop. Uh, I feel like Cortland Sutton kind of needed that, but I mean, I'm I'm going to still throw out there Deshaun Hamilton just simply on the fact that he has 21 targets over the past two games, um, and yeah, he's he's. 21 targets, 14 receptions. Yeah, they're it's not getting really any yardage. He got one touchdown, which is decent over two games. But um, like I, I, I rolled Deshaun Hamilton out there, but Corlin Sutton. Yeah, I gotta agree with the the drop down there. Yeah. Hamilton's the only one I got in my top like 
40 for the week. And like Seth said, the 21 targets over the last two weeks is the appealing factor. If you had to play one because you killed by injuries or last minute benching or whatever, um, he'd be the one I play, but I don't want Sutton at all. He'd be the last on the list. No, it, uh, yeah, it's, he's kind of filling the uh, Emmanuel Sanders role um, right now. Deshaun Hamilton is, uh, he's not filling it, but he's pretty, he's giving a pretty good attempt. Yeah. yeah. All right, John, who are you moving up and who are you moving down this week? Uh, moving up, um, Adam Thielen has been not too good for the last couple of weeks. Uh, he had a couple of tough games after an awesome season. Uh, really got, kind of got shut down by Seattle and Miami. But, you know, it just happens that throughout the season, you get just what the doctor ordered sometimes. And this week it comes in the form of a team with a line under a helmet that is horrible at pass defense. So, but this is, uh, I'm, I'm all about Thielen and Diggs. They're going to be in the top probably seven, eight receivers uh, this week. They're going to go. They're going to be passed all over Detroit. So, yep. I hope, I hope you're right because I need Thielen to win two leagues. So, yeah, D- Detroit sucks. Love that call, John. Detroit sucks. Sorry, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Moving Not going to bait me into it, guys, because I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Lose, 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 lose. Get that draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. Mo- moving on to another sucky team. Yeah. Who are you dropping down, John? Uh, just Randall Cobb. He came. Uh, not that he's been electric lately, but uh, he, with he came back uh, last week. Or we're in Atlanta. He had a pretty good game. Everybody, play, everybody plays tough against Chicago, and Cosman kind of beat up all year long. You know, a lot of games off from injuries. He's finally back. Just don't expect him to come back to the Randall Cobb that everybody remembers because he's not that player. He's he's old. He's beat up. He just uh, this is the last hurrah. He's got a couple more games left in Green Bay. Two more left probably for the rest of his life, and then you'll never see Randall Cobb and maybe maybe even a uniform again. So I'm uh. Uh, I'm moving him down, maybe even for good this time. And no, Aaron Rodgers could could. I mean, I don't know if he's cleared concussion protocol yet, but um, no, Aaron Rodgers impacts that entire Green Bay offense. So yeah, absolutely, can't argue with you there on Randall Cobb. Yep. So, all right, that does it for guys. We're moving up and moving down. Let's take a quick look at uh, the Week 16 schedule. Uh, no Thursday night games this week, so make sure um, you know you, you do set the lineup because we have do two Saturday games. Don't panic; you're not going to miss anything Thursday night. And we'll start with one of those Saturday night games. Um, it's the late game. It's eight twenty. It's Baltimore at San Diego. Uh, I've got that game circled. Really want to see uh, one if Keenan Allen is playing, uh, two if Melvin Gordon plays, and how much. And uh, if Philip Rivers can, you know, do what he's done consistently this year, and that's pick apart good defenses. Uh, also, want to see a little bit of Lamar Jackson. Um, I think that's got uh, some potential there to be one of the better games this weekend. So I, I'm I'm all in for the Ravens and the Chargers. Yeah, it's got a lot of playoff implications in that game as well. It should be. It easily will be the better game of the two on Saturday. For oh, sure. absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's see who's next. Seth, what game do you have? You guys are all picking the the big time, the the, the later games, the Sunday afternoons, the Sunday nights. So Seth, who do you like? What what or I should say what game are you keeping an eye on Sunday? 
Yeah, I'm going to throw out one quick relationship tip, though. Um, because there's no Thursday games, tell your significant other that this Thursday you're not going to watch football because you're not <laughs> There you go. And, and then it's like, oh, that's so sweet. And they never need to know that there was no Thursday night game. Um, Just hope they don't listen to this podcast. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, this is such a great coupling type of like podcast, uh, so that 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 may you know may backfire on me. But anyways, Saints Steelers, I'm going with that one, the 4:25 game. Um, I mean, Drew Brees at home, Kamara Ingram, Michael Thomas, uh, maybe Traquan Smith shows up. Who knows? God, do the Saints need a number two receiver? So yeah. badly. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that's a <laughs> I just had to get that out there. Yeah, it's <laughs> topic for the offseason. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, the Steelers, you got Roethlisberger, Connor's coming back, Jalen Samuels, A B, Juju, maybe one of the tight ends shows up. Like fantasy wise, this game's crazy. Um playoff. Playoff teams, both of these guys should be playoff teams. Like, there's, you know, I mean, what, 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 anybody quick facts. What's the Steelers' record right now? Where, where are they sitting? Anybody got that one offhand? Uh, eight, five, and one, I'm going to guess. Steelers, eight, five, and one. Damn. Yeah, so they're, so they're, they're in, definitely in playoff contention. Like, this could be, potentially a Super Bowl type of uh, preview that, you know, you're looking at here in week 15. So uh, I, I love the the potential of this game. Yeah. If the Ravens lose Saturday night and then the Steelers win Sunday afternoon, they'll clinch the AFC North division. So that's there we go. a very big game for them for sure. Yep. John, you're up next. What team are you looking at? Or what game are you looking at? Uh, Kansas City, Seattle. That's uh, the game I'm looking at. They, both these teams are on fire, right? They're they're just playing on. Uh, they're playing really good, offense, defense. Um, I the, the Chiefs have a knack of as the season goes on playing better defense. They're, they're everybody's playing better defense right now, but the Chiefs just Chiefs and Seahawks are both playing good defense, but they're both playing good offense too. The Doug Baldwin scoring now. Uh, the Seahawks are kind of have a flow. They they went from a all passing, all running, back to a kind of a mixed offense. Um, the 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 Seahawks and the Chiefs are uh, they're just got so many weapons. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, this this just seems like the most exciting game of the week for me. Yeah, uh, and again, more playoff implications out of this game. A banged up Chiefs though on the road. Um, we we might see a few more flaws come out. So yeah, I, yeah. It's possible. We never know what's going to happen there. Yeah, uh, Seattle wins. They clinch the wild card spot. Kansas City wins. I believe they clinch. No, they don't. They don't clinch first round by school. Never mind. Um, but it, either way, it's going to be an interesting game because if Kansas City does lose and the Chargers win Saturday, then they control their fate to the number one seed. So, yeah. I mean, I think that- it's like fourteen to sixteen games this week have playoff implications for at least one team. So. It's going to be a crazy week 16. Yeah. I mean, not to toot my own horn going back to Casey real quick, but 
Uh, Patrick Mahomes had his second worst game of the season against the Chargers, which I said temper your expectations for Mahomes last week. So there he goes, folks. Most accurate person ever. <laughs> when you get one right, and all of a sudden your ego explodes. And you think you're, okay. Right? <laughs> no, just uh, everybody thinks that Mahomes is going to be great. And just saying there's times where – you know, he he's, can show some flaws. And over the past two weeks were two of his four worst performances. Now he's going to go on the road against, um, you know, a Seahawks team that, yeah, their defense is not what it used to be. but They play it, much better at home than on the road. Yeah, it, it, this could be a difficult game for Mahomes. Oh, here we go. He is Eric still young. Jackson. Oh, Pat Mahomes is going to be bad. <laughs> no, I, hey, I'm, I'm all aboard the Pat Mahomes train. I think he's going to be absolutely phenomenal. But next week against Seattle, in Seattle, it could be another poor game for him. Oh, could you imagine all the people that just rode the Pat Mahomes bus all the way, you know, to probably a one or a two seed? To all of a sudden have him come back down to earth in the the last in the semifinals and or the finals, just brutal. Yeah. All right, last uh, last one. Yeah, Seth, I want to apologize. You said you only got one thing right. You got two things right. This and the Eric Ebron take in the preseason. So two out of whatever. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm gonna ride them forever. (laughs) (laughs) You, You remember that Eric Ebron call? Yep. Uh, <laughs> anyways, back to this week. <laughs> um, I'm picking the game of the week, Broncos at the Raiders. And, well, it's the last Monday night game of the year, and I'm, for one, going to miss hearing Jason Wooden. And wait a minute, what the hell am I saying? Never no, mind, forget that part. No one will. No, never mind. Yeah. On a serious note, though, um, Philip Lindsay is the only player in any of my championship games this week that's playing Monday night. No receivers for the Broncos, nobody on Oakland. So I'm going to be keeping a close eye on it despite the fact it's Christmas Eve to see how many leagues I'm going to win on the back of UDFA, first-time Pro Bowler, all-around good dude, Phil Lindsay. So, Lindsay, if you listen out there, bud, uh, 35 points be great, okay? Yeah. So, Only 35? Well, I don't want to be greedy. 35 is good. <laughs> if I can't win from 35 from Lindsay, I shouldn't be playing, okay? Let's put it that way. Touche. And on that note, I think we're done for tonight, boys. Yeah, I think we've uh, that's enough punishment. Um, <laughs> so again, we appreciate all the feedback and all the start sit questions that uh, you guys did send into us. Um, best of luck this week. Uh, we'll we'll be back here next week uh, recapping some championships, hopefully uh, some wins, some losses. Um, I don't know if anybody out there is in in any leagues where they do a week seventeen championship. I Mike, know. Seth, John. Yeah. I hope not. No, and if you are finding a new league, <laughs> you know you you, you the the, the double edged sword in that is you want to play as long as possible because we all obviously enjoy doing this. But then you get the week seventeen, and somebody wins a championship every year because oh Todd Gurley's sitting, so then John Kelly yeah. gets all the run, and somebody in the waiver system had more fab or higher priority or whatever, and you get sniped on it, or Condra's in place, so then it's you know or Jalen Samuels is in place, and then it's you know Trufant or whatever, and it's like. You know, just take the last week off and enjoy watching football in itself, not worrying about, geez, my guy got to get me enough points. Just enjoy the game itself. Yeah. Right. Play a lot of daily fantasy. There you go. Yeah, yeah. There, absolutely. There you go. All right, guys. Uh, 260s uh, daily fantasy 
starts, sits, values, all that stuff, because that's really nice in, in week 17. Definitely, definitely. All right, that does it for us and uh, the recap. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Pat. Um, make sure you check out everything that uh, that we are posting and retweeting. Definitely check out, head over to the website, uh, ffdynasty260.com for all the, the daily fantasy. Start, sit, everything else. Um, Seth, where can the fine people find you on Twitter one more time? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Check me out at the uh, at FF the at home dad. I keep forgetting the FF. I don't know. Yeah, how you really far. need to shorten that. Yeah, I, I feel know. like you stumble over your Twitter your Twitter handle every week. You know what's funny is the guys that I play with all the time. They're just like it looks like fat home dad, and it's like whoever <laughs> uh, my marketing guy is got to be fired. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at FF the at home dad. Check it out. Uh, stay in touch with all of us. We love it. We love you guys. Uh, have a good night. This is John Blinn signing off at meathead underscore 75. Find me on the Twitter machine. And uh, thanks for listening. And you guys can find me, Mike, on Twitter at MikeSports22. Unlike Seth, the handle is simple and easy to remember. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you next week. All right. Thanks. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.